لأمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا اللهم نور قلوبنا بعلمك واستعمل أبداننا لطاعتك ووفقنا لما تحب وترضى من القول والعمل والنيات والهدى إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم افتح أقفال قلوبنا بذكرك وأتم عليها علينا بنعمتك ورحمتك آمين رب العالمين Let's please close in the gaps and come sit as closely as possible Inshallah, this uh, Ramadan will be covering a very beautiful book One of the earliest books written on the topic of Zuhd And this is called is Kitab al-Zuhd wa Raqaiq The book on uh, asceticism And those <coughs> a hadith that soften a person's heart And this has been compiled One of the earliest compilations on this topic By one of the earliest scholars Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahimahumullah uh, And so this is a collection that we're going through Quranic uh, tafsir, Quranic exegesis, prophetic uh, traditions As well as stories and anecdotes from the earliest generations That encourage a person to reject this temporal world In favor of the akhirah Complete opposite of what we are accustomed to hearing because we live in a very materialistic world, continuously being bombarded with materialism. And now we have a whole science, although we don't pay much attention to it, but a huge science within the branches of Islam, called the science of Zuhd. A whole science that focuses on the importance of distancing ourselves and our hearts from being attached to the worldly things, and to, uh, and to the desire to, uh, to just build, build over here. And uh, Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmatullahi alayhi, who was born in 118 Hijri, so he had, the, he had the honor of studying under many of the senior tabi'un, those who came after the Sahaba radiallahu anhum arda, including some of the giants like Awza'i, Yahya ibn Abi Kathir, Layth bin Sa'ad, Malik bin Anas, Sufyan al Thawri. Even Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah, and uh, as, as well as other ulama of that era And he passed away in the, the age of 63 The age in which Rasulullah passed away The age in which Abu Bakr passed away And the age in many other khulafa passed away And great sahaba As he was returning back from uh, battle And he wrote this book What's amazing about Abdullah Mubarak Is the fact that he was a scholar that had mastery of so many different sciences and along with that was a man of great qualities to the extent that Ibn Hibban said all praiseworthy qualities were found in Abdullah ibn Mubarak during his time no scholar in the world possessed such qualities together what, what era we're we talking about? we're not talking about our era we're talking about the era in which the tabi'een were around still right after you know, the turn of the century Subhanallah, second century. And this was the <clears throat> this was the status that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given Abdullah Mubarak rahmatullah So this book on softening the heart, Kitab al-Zuhd, uh, is a beautiful uh, book that you could say the first book, first famous book compiled, you know, in this field. And alhamdulillah, we're getting a chance now. You all have access to it as well. It's a beautiful English translation that I'm looking at. Uh, it's a great copy that all the a lot of the mukarrarat, the repetitions have been removed from the hadith. The chain of narration that most of us are not able to necessarily delve into has been removed. 
It's a pub, it's published by Torath Publish, uh, Publishing House, based in UK. They have great works, Torath, and uh, mashallah, it's a uh, beautiful read about approximately 500 pages, and it's available here at the Darussalam um, bookstore here as well in the lobby as well. You can take a look at it afterwards. So let's speak about zuhud itself today, inshallah. Uh, Allah Jalla Jalalu says in Surah Al-Baqarah, which we will inshallah cover later on today in Taraweeh. زُيِّنَ لِلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا وَيَسْخَرُونَ مِنَ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَالَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا فَوْقَهُمْ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ وَاللَّهُ يَرْزُقُ مَنْ يَشَاءُ بِغَيْرِ حِسَابٍ That the, for those who disbelieve, the life of this world has been painted in glowing colors. And they laugh at those who believe. The disbelievers laugh at those who believe. And they find the dunya we life to be very attractive in multiple colors. But on the day of judgment, those who fear Allah will be over them. Subhanallah. Those who fear Allah will be far ahead above, above these materialistic individuals who worship the world, who died and lived for the world. And they thought this was the most attractive thing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the people that they made fun of will be far ahead of them on the day of judgment. And this is why one of the names of the day of judgment is Yomut Taghabun. Yes? Yomut Taghabun, the day of mutual deception. Why is it mutual deception? Because many people who you thought will be ahead of you, or many people that you thought you'll be ahead of them, will actually be way ahead of us. And many people who uh, we thought will be absolutely ahead of us, and they will be great, they'll be winners, unfortunately, they'll be losers. So it is such an interesting day where people who thought they did very well will end up finding out that they didn't do well at all. And those who, didn't, those who we thought didn't do well because of the fact that they didn't have much money or didn't have many means, we'll find out that subhanAllah, that that became the greatest virtue, the fact that they didn't have too many things of this world. And so today, the Muslims are suffering from many ailments and diseases and spiritually, physically. But what is the biggest question? What is the biggest illness? Is the fact that they are absolutely attached to this worldly life. To such an extent that anything that doesn't immediately give them benefit in this worldly life, they feel it's not worth, of their, worth their attention. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa famous statement, حُبُّ الدُّنْيَا رَأْسُ كُلُّ the love of this world is the root cause of every sin. It's what else you want? The love of this world is a root cause of every sin. Game over. If you can take care of this, sins will go away. A person will not have the audacity to sin when he knows that the hereafter is the ultimate abode and this worldly life is a very short, quick place where things will wrap up very quickly. When we become too comfortable, Nabi ﷺ spoke to the Sahaba and he said, Yushik and uh, what did he say? Yushiku, a time will come. And that the nations of the world will call upon one another to attack the Muslims and destroy the Muslims the way people sitting around a large platter of food encourage one another to partake of the meal. Say, partake of the meal. And then the companions looked at that and they were just shocked. Really? Like today, 
the disbelievers don't have, they're so maybe large in number, but they don't have the ability to simply even look at us in a wrong manner, right? They, who they think they are, they're going to come and attack us in Medina. How is it possible that all the disbelievers united together can be inviting one another to partake? Take a bite. This is a drumstick, enjoy this. This is a neck, enjoy this. And this is a, a, what you call a leg and thigh, you enjoy this. How we give the bortis, the pieces of meat from the rice and the biryani to one another, the juicy ones. Right? This is how people will be slicing up the Muslim ummah. Slicing up their resources. Slicing up the men and women and children. And we'll be saying, you take this, you take this, you take this. This is exactly what happened a hundred years ago at the fall of the Ottoman Empire. A little less than that, right? Or right around that. A hundred years. At the fall, what exactly? Just exactly the way you split a piece of, you know, a full chicken or a full lamb. That's how the entire Uthmani Khilafah and the Muslim Empire was cut up into pieces. How was India and Pakistan? Who in the world told us you can just split it up? How, this, how they've made people who are from the same background, same color, same culture, make hate each other. Yes, different religions. But nonetheless, they were living in harmony and peace for centuries. And now they've made into this Bangladesh, this Pakistan, and this India. And how many hundreds and thousands, maybe millions, have been, were killed? And they continue to remain at odds with one another. Their resources put together could have been of great benefit to them. But half of their, more than half of their energy is just in trying to uh, protect the so-called borders. So Nabi, the companions were surprised. How did this happen? This Is it because our numbers will be few? Is that why? I mean, we're few now. But you're saying that zamana, that era will be even less than where we are today? And the Prophet ﷺ said, no, that's not the reason. Rather, complete opposite. Antum kafir. You're going to be in great numbers. You're going to be in huge numbers. But you will be as worthless, as useless, boneless, spineless, like the uh, foam on top of the waves of the ocean, like the small pieces of garbage that flow on top, the cuff that, that comes with it, that, that flows on top of the uh, waves or on top of the current of the river. This is how useless you will be. That it seems is popping. The Coke can is popping and the garbage and a piece of wood may be popping up and down with the river current. But there's nothing below it. It's just garbage. There's no haqiqa of it. It's just one random garbage, can, garbage piece that's flowing. That's how useless we'll become. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away Fear and awe from the hearts of your enemy. Your enemy will not be scared of you. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will place wahan in your hearts. Allah will place wahan in your hearts. That's why your numbers will mean nothing. So they said, Ya Rasulullah, mal wahan? What is wahan? They didn't know what this word wahan means. He responded by saying, Hubbud dunya wa karahiyatul maut. To love this dunya and to hate death. If you love this worldly life and you hate death, you won't be able to stand a chance. You won't be able to stand a chance in front of everyone, no matter how large your numbers are. This is something we need to understand. Why we become worthless today? Why we become useless? We have larger masjids than we've ever, ever had in the past. All over Yani. I mean, not in certain regions, but I'm just saying, generally speaking, throughout the world, look what we have in this country. 
right? Look at it in, in, in Europe, in Africa, and other places. The, the, and they don't stop. They continue to build. In the Middle East too, in some of the holy lands, they continue to build masjids. But there's not doing anything. Building of masjids. Did you go see what happens in the masjids? Some of the masjids you see are, are, you know, subhanAllah, would make this place seem like a small portion of one corner. But you go excitedly, you go visit for salah. And you find eight people from Maghrib. Maybe 15 for Isha. I don't know how many show up for Fajr. Yeah, that's the norm. And hundreds of millions have been put into that. Hundreds of millions, not millions. Hundreds of millions. What is it? It's an art of, it's a work of art. You, you see many times, I am not exaggerating, more non-Muslims touring those masjids than Muslims touring. <laughs> not Muslims praying. Muslims praying are nothing. So this is what we're speaking about. When that will happen, and how do you expect the Muslims to have any type of strength? This becomes the issue. I was speaking to, uh, you know, what this brother Sayyid Anwar who came here last week. So mashallah, since Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed him to remain, you know, I mean Allah give him even more istiqamah on the deen and khidmat of deen and da'wah ilallah, but being a past celebrity, I asked him, I said, what is the most important tool when working with celebrities? What is the thing? How to work among celebrities? Because he does naturally work amongst them as well as general people. If someone were to work on these, what would it be? MashaAllah, beautiful point. He said, not for, whoever is working with these people, wealthy people, celebrities, famous sports stars, the key thing is never ever take any worldly material benefit from them. And never show that you are impressed by their worldly uh, you know, uh, uh, worldly things that they have or the things that they have accumulated. That's the weakness. As soon as you become impressed, then you are no longer the da'i and they the mad'u. Rather, it, the, the tables switch and you are mad'u and they are da'i. As soon as you walk in, da'i, any inviter, mad'u, the one who's invited, then the, you are not giving them da'wah, they're giving you da'wah. If we go into their mansion and get impressed by looking around, game over. You won't be able to speak. Even if you speak your words, it will have no effect. That's what the Sahaba had that we and you and I are missing. The Ummah is missing. Is the absolute disregard of this dunya. Nothing. It's zero. You cannot buy me out. That's why you, you don't hear about Sahaba being bought out. Real Sahaba being bought out. You won't find any examples of that. Hypocrites, yeah. They were, they were never Rasul Sams anyway in the first place. But a real Sahabi being sold out in front of money? Never. Being sold out in front of extremely attractive women? Never. Because that's what it is. It's the once you give prefer- once you understand akhirah, then all of this dunya becomes zero. This is why this topic of zuhud is something we all need to focus on regularly, daily. Read books on this topic. Speak about it. Speak with our children. Speak with our spouse. And make sure that the love of this world does not cover our heart. A person may, a person may use the things of this world, but cannot be attracted and fall in love and cannot be addicted to it. That's the key thing. Use it. Use and throw, like toilet paper. Use and throw. But besides that, a person cannot be uh, attracted to it. So this is what the Quran, subhanAllah, this ayah of Surah Al-Baqarah, 212, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the disbelievers, they find the worldly life very beautiful. And they make fun of the people who are believers. They say, why are you not having what we have? 
Why do you not? Oh, you don't know about this brand. <laughs> you don't know about the sports car, uh, you know, company. You don't know about, you know, subhanAllah, this type of stock. You don't know about this type of special, what you call, you know, brand of Allahu Alam creams. I'm even Vaseline. Someone say, even you get what you call the mask, designer masks worth hundreds of dollars. So we, don't, we should not feel guilty that we don't know. We should feel happy that our mind is not being polluted by all of these names and these brands. This is an addiction. Going after brands, going after famous places, going after famous names. This is an addiction. Sometimes person, people begin to follow Muslim athletes and they start posting everything about them. I have some of my friends. I tell them, why stop? Well, for what? Why are you sharing this message with me? Did you hear so-and-so is now in Umrah? Did you hear so-and-so now is this? And why don't you go for Umrah? Or just pray two rakats salat al-ishraq, you'll get the reward of Umrah. Instead of constantly following these people on Instagram and Twitter and then posting it, this is not love for the deen. This is the love. This, this infatuation with famous people is actually very bad. A person, because this is a, this is a disease of the heart. You're not realizing it. You're not just infatuated with them coming to the deen. It's the fact that he's a famous person coming to the deen and that's what's infatuating you. And you don't need that. You, know, you already have the deen. Start practicing on it. So the way materialism creeps into our minds and hearts is very subtle. And in a very unique way it comes in. And this is inshallah a topic we'll be covering uh, for the whole month ta'ala, or the first 20 days or maybe even the last 20 days, last 10 days. But this is just in case if you're wondering what book I'm reading. This is called Softening the Heart. Beautiful book. Alhamdulillah. Take a look at it. If you want to follow along, get your own copy as well. It's sold probably by Makkah Printers, Makkah Books, sorry, uh, that's based in Allentown area online. And if you're here in Dar es Salaam area, you can come and pick up a copy from here. And it's published from Turas Publishing. We ask Allah Azza wa Jal to grant you and I zuhud and may just allow our hearts to be pure and clean from the addiction of this worldly life. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who will have an opportunity. Uh, to uh, be the source of envy for the disbelievers on the Day of Judgment. And may He make us from amongst those who will not be mocked at on the Day of Judgment. May He make us from amongst those who don't mind being mocked at and looked down upon in this world as long as we are the ones who will be honored on the Day of Judgment. Inshallah, we'll spend a few minutes doing dhikr, followed by dua, and then last five minutes, brothers can go downstairs for the iftar, and you can complete your dua downstairs, uh, and iftar will be served in the, the, the lower floor of the masjid basement, inshallah. <clears throat>